Warning, this podcast may contain spoilers, opinions, and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and good morning to well... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it, it's a buttery crispy flake! <laughs> crispy buttery flake. Hello and welcome to Good Morning Horror. I'm Steve. I'm Chad. Today, we're going to talk about Sinister. 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 Let's get into it. Okay. I'm going to read a review. Okay. Sinister, a recap. Sinister. True crime writer Ellison Oswald moves himself and his family into a house where a horrific crime took place earlier, but his family doesn't know. He begins researching the crime so that he can write a new book about it to help his flailing career. He uses some snuff film footage he finds in the house to help him in his research, but he soon finds more than he bargained for. There is a figure in each of the films, but who or what is it? As a result, his family start to suffer, as he does, and things take a turn for the worst. Will they survive? Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) I mean, this movie's from 2012. People have probably seen it. Okay, well, if you haven't seen it, you should go see it now. It's on all kinds of streaming services, and you can definitely rent it on iTunes. And I think we purchased it for like eight bucks. It was cheap. Yeah. But they die. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> everybody dies. <laughs> Not everybody. No, you're right. Actually, no, she dies too. This is a movie where everyone dies. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Except for two people, I guess. Oh, the officer doesn't die. Yeah, neither of the officers die. Officer so-and-so. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the casting of this movie. Okay. So the main character is Ethan Hawke, and I think that's the best thing this movie has going for it, because I find him interestingly attractive he in a dad bod sort of way. Hello. Yeah, he is. But then there's the wife, who is a bag of shit. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. She's, a, she's an infected bag of... C words. I think she was just the wrong person cast for this. Did I say cunt? No, I said C words. Oh, okay. I'm like, I don't want to say that on no. the podcast. Well. Uh, no, I think she was cast incorrectly for this role. I think it. she just doesn't make sense. She has a British accent. No one else has a British accent in the family or even where they're living. Like, where did she come from? She's too good for him. Clearly. Yeah. Like, she's, like, really wholesome and really supportive and, like, oh, baby. No, like, she, like, I wanted her to have a little bit more grit. Like, they move into this house where a family of five people are gone. Four of them dead and one missing. Mm -hmm. And she has no idea. Like, what the hell? Did they just move and she's just in her own little world and she didn't look at the house that they were going to buy? Like, how does... What? Oh my god, people died here? I didn't know. Why didn't you tell me? Like, I don't know. I don't think she was wholesome and supportive because she kept telling him, you know, stop doing what you're doing. I don't support you. At the end. <laughs> in doing what you're doing. No, the whole movie. She was like, stop it. Yeah. Stop doing but this. But in a really passive way. When are you going to write fiction? She when didn't... are you going to write something else that doesn't make me afraid to go to the grocery store? She even said that in the movie. Right, but towards the, like, she flips. 
like when you first meet her, she's super supportive and blah, blah, blah. But, and yes, she's like, hey, I wish you wouldn't do this. But she's like, she constantly said over and over, but I support you. I'm always there for you. <laughs> but then she's like, and if you don't get a ride, I'm moving to my mother's. Hee hee. And yeah. they like laugh and kiss about it. Like, no, that's a conversation where you wouldn't laugh and kiss after your wife told you she's going to take the kids away if you don't write a successful book. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't think she was really supportive. But that's why I'm calling bullshit in this relationship. Yeah. Like, they don't fit together. No, it was weird. It was odd. But we later found out that there was someone that was supposed to be in this film, and it was the same... Do you remember her name? The actress that was in... um, In May? May. Oh, no, I don't remember her name. Anyways, it was this different actress. She would have been a better wife. Like, she would have been a little cuckoo, a little crazy. You would have been like, maybe she's the bitch killing everybody. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And it would have provided a little bit more intrigue than just sitting here watching these same fucking... Eight millimeter films over and over and over and over and over again because I think fifty percent of this movie was watching replays of the same films. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think she as a character added anything. Like the way she was written, no, she just it was it was a trope. She it was like been... the wife who didn't who who knew that bad things happen when he writes these kinds of things. She could have been left on the editing room floor. She could have. Now that I've gotten out my least favorite thing about the film. So the first thing I wrote in my notes, because I start off really well with notes and then like I just stop. But the opening scene. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's fun, right? They just get you right in there. And you're looking at it and you're like, what is happening? What oh. Yeah. Oh. And it's just and it's it just just long enough, like uncomfortably long. Yeah. Um and, and, and this the the music, which is a whole other thing. I think the soundtrack of this film is another thing other than Ethan Hawk that saved it. Yeah. But yeah, and then it just the way it opens is so good. I really loved it. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Like you said, the soundtrack added a lot of things. I had questions as to why all of the films had music on them. Who, oh who wrote them? Did Bugul So fast forward. Was he um, at his keyboard? <laughs> Bagul is With the name of, of the demon that you find out later on is causing all of this, and he's an eater of children. Um, like you do. Like you do. Um, and the films you're talking about is when they move into this murder house, Ethan Hawke finds a box of films in the attic. Just randomly, there's one box of eight millimeter films. And a projector. And a projector. Hey, <laughs> read, watch me. Yeah. And it says something like home, home movies, family movies. Something like that. Yeah, I think it says home movies. <laughs> right. And so the majority of this film is Ethan Hawke watching all of these films, which... Two of them start out with um, like happy family fun times, like they're playing at a pool party or they're at a barbecue. And then halfway through the film, it switches to someone killing all these people, mm-hmm. killing the entire family. And you're like, what? Wait a minute. But each of them are labeled with a name, like pool party, and then the year when it happened, like 68 or 62 or something. Mm-hmm. But yes. As he's so, so he finds this box, he sets up this camera, and he turns on the first film with this eight millimeter film. And not only do you get to see this crazy eight millimeter film, but this music starts. <laughs> There's a soundtrack. There's a soundtrack to each of them. I'm like, it doesn't make much sense that there would be just this random soundtrack. 
yeah. on it. But it also stops as soon as the video stops. Music stops. So it acts like a soundtrack. So it is as though that is part of the eight millimeter film. And I'm on the I'm on the fence about it. I think I I kind of think it would have been more terrifying just watching it in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, there were moments that they used though, um, like in the lawnmower scene where they had this kind of hypnotic droning thing going on and then they had a really loud sound happen as soon as you see them mow over someone's head so like it was used to to create a mood to to enhance that that's why i'm on the fence like that's the one what you just said that one moment is like the only time i really appreciated the soundtrack because it created a really effective jump scare in which you know i screamed like a girl um but uh, for the, for some of them, I, I just kind of wish it was silent, and you're watching this just awfulness, and you maybe maybe you could hear his response. So I was reading actually in in some of the stuff online about this film. A those were all shot on eight millimeter films, mm-hmm. and it was actual people like that they were drowning. So actors yeah. that they pulled into the water, like that was real. Apparently they had to be really careful and yeah, then, like yeah. pull the people out. Um, but another thing I read is Ethan Hawke had not seen any of those films until they filmed him watching them. Oh, cool. And so like those reactions that he was having to the films w- were true. Like that was real. He was seeing those for the first time. Right on. I like that. Yeah. So he was also squirmy yeah. and he was probably watching it in silence. He was probably watching it in silence. <laughs> they weren't playing like weird mood music while they were showing that film. You could probably just hear the camera clicking mm-hmm. or the projector clicking and this watching people die. That's yeah. fucked up. Speaking of projector, I, I have a question. I'm left with a question. Mm. How is Bugul going to go into the internet age? Because there's going to be a time where someone <laughs> sees a box of film, where some millennial sees a box of film. They're going to go... I'm not. I'm not going to set that up. Fuck that. Well, <laughs> I I don't know. Hipsters nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. But I feel like I don't know. You have to. I, They're going to go to Palm Springs with their eight millimeter camera and film everyone around the pool. Right. It's, it just seems like at a certain point there's going to be someone who goes, oh, "That's not worth it." Yeah, I I don't know though because in this movie, Bagul didn't get active until. Um, he was seen. Ellison was filming those Super 8s with his actual digital camera. Mm-hmm. So Bagul got active in the digital version. Remember, like, his face turned yeah. on the computer screen? Yeah. And then, like, he appeared in the printouts? Yes. Um, so maybe Bagul's excited about the digital age. He might be. He might be. I just... You know, I mean, does he know about SEO? Like, how is he gonna? How is he gonna get seen? But you're right because it was more about him being seen, right? It was more about like if you see him, then he activates. Bagul. Uh, wait, I'm rewind to SEO. <laughs> Bagul and search engine optimization. You don't know. He could pop in, <laughs> pop in the top of your Google search. You click on it, you see him. Boom, you did. When yeah, you but yeah, when you move. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we find. I think we've seen this film multiple times. Um, I don't think it ever dawned or clicked for me that he doesn't kill until you move. So as long as you stay in that house, apparently you're okay. Yes, you're fine if you're okay if if you stay. I, I guess, but everybody moves. So everyone, but you're haunted by the children because that was another note that I took down. It was like a question. So it's like. 
uh, are the children haunting the house? Mm-hmm. So it's like you, that's is that like how Bagul gets people to leave the house? He uses the children to haunt the house to freak them out, and then they move, and then he can possess and kill. Like, is that like what's the t- what's Bagul's timeline for getting to the death? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he has a deliverable, yeah. but <laughs> what things are holding him up? So he's got to get them to leave. So he uses the children that he's eaten, the I guess, to haunt the house I guess. and get the people to move. And then he's like, okay, let's get this death on. Let's go on. The it. other note that I wrote, which I think was funny, um, was does he only ever work late at night? That's all he does. Because, like, I I get the first night he's moving in, everybody's going to bed, and he's like, I'm going to get my office set up, and, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to work all night, and he finds the shit, and he watches the movie. But after that first night of watching 8mm Death Drop... The Murders. I would have been like, I'm watching this in the daytime? Yeah. <laughs> like, but he continues to only work late at night, because every shot is at night. Well, yeah, and he's it well... Yeah, he's in that li- the uh, windowless room. Oh, is it windowless? Yeah. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah. I just assumed it was always late at night because he eventually will run outside. And it's always and it'll night. And it be dark. No, yeah, I definitely think like he always does it at night. That's It enhances the mood. Like, Maybe he needs to be in that place as to a be writer. creative. Oh, my God. Like, you're just asking to be scared shitless. He clearly was. I mean, there's a reason we talk about these horror movies in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Because the sun is shining. We've gotten the pee stains out of the uh, cushions on the couch. We yeah. don't... What? what? <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> um, I think that was the only... Oh, and I said a uh, really good use of jump scares. I think that throughout this movie... This movie isn't that scary. No. It's kind of like you want to turn your head away because you don't want to see you know, people get murdered. Um. But there's no moment of uh, intense things that scare you, except jump scares. Yeah, and there aren't that many of jump scares, no. too, which I appreciate, because it seems like a lot of the horror movies nowadays, they just, you know, they just want to hit you with a very loud sound and some shocking image simultaneously. Yeah. Also, fun fact, right on the internet, they really wanted to get this movie to a PG-13 rating, mm. which is why there's no cussing. There's no sex scenes, mm-hmm. and there's very limited use of blood. Like, very limited. I think one of the only places mm-hmm. where there's blood is, like, the slitting of the throats and the um, the very end when she's riding on the wall with the blood. Yeah. Um, but uh, because of house just... painting. Yeah, house painting. Because of the, just the, the content, it didn't get a PG-13 rating. Oh, it didn't end up no. getting... Yeah, I was going to say, that seems... Yeah, intense. You don't want to take your children to see this because then they're going to get ideas and you're going to end up dead. Yeah. Was Scream PG thirteen? I can't remember. I don't. Were they trying to emulate that situation? Because that seems much more palatable. What happened to me? Are you possessed by Bagul? Just a touch. (laughs) Okay. It'll pass. I'll get an antibiotic and an exorcism. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting fun fact and then the only other one that i had was i love the deputy character Mm -hmm. um you never find out his name deputy so-and-so deputy Mm so-and-so um and i don't know i just i like his character i like he brought like a sense of 
humor to the movie, which I feel was kind of needed because yeah. they were it felt a little like they were overacting a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the movie got more interesting once he entered the film definitely it needed the goofy lightheartedness and he just felt really genuine Mm -hmm. and i kind of like that about his character yeah otherwise you're stuck in this muck right yeah so he was at least helping with levity yeah and i also put the daughter was creepy from the very first moment we saw her true like she was painting a blood red girl on the wall from minute one. Yeah, and I, in one of my notes, I was like, who lets their kids paint on the wall? I think a lot of parents do. Do they? Yeah. Like, Man. they're, 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 because you know, they make that paint now where it's like you can draw and paint on the wall and then you just wash it off. Oh. And so I think a lot of parents, you know, parents these days do whatever they need to to keep their children occupied. Okay. So I've seen, I, I've seen a lot of parents let their kids like draw or paint on the wall in their rooms. Only in their bedrooms. Yeah. But that was some creepy shit. And why is it that everything she painted ha- looked like it was bleeding? Like, even the unicorns, yeah. it looked like there was blood coming down from the unicorns. Maybe the backstory of that is that she knows what her daddy writes about. Gruesome murders. And that's how she processes it. Because he's a writer and they can't afford actual therapy. True. But I, I also think they should have just been honest with their kids from the get-go. Yeah. There was a point where the wife asks, we didn't move next to a, a murder scene, did we? And he goes, no, which is technically true. Yeah. Because they're in the house. They, they're in the murder house. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I, I think they should have told the kids mm-hmm. where they were living. Like, if you're going to, if this is your occupation, you need to be honest about it. And then, because you don't want your kids finding out from other kids at school because then how are they going to deal with it yeah the son finds out and then he starts drawing pictures of people hanging out you know four people hanging on a tree yeah which is probably not book reading material from school Mm. i don't know what they read in school these days i don't do children (laughs) and you don't do children (laughs) i don't know um that was all my notes do you have any other notes Uh, i think that pretty much covered my stuff I also got to say, the sheriff character, like the older guy at the very beginning, I think we were maybe designed not to like him, but I kind of liked him. Like, he seemed like a, a an all right dude. He just didn't want the town being messed up by his being in there. Oh, you mean the? Oh, I liked him, too. Like, I liked... Like he was just he 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 played that role really well I think as mm-hmm. well as you could when you only have like three scenes yeah um, but actually I think he only had two he had the beginning and the end right? <laughs> the beginning and then the <laughs> yeah I get the fuck out of here scene. yeah um, I I liked him I liked that even though he was kind of an antagonist from the beginning I, he was he was likable yes and yeah I like I liked all. Of the other characters, the other than the main characters. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind Ethan Hawke. No. Yeah. He was pretty to look at. Yeah. There wasn't, <laughs> yeah. There wasn't much depth to his character, though. It was, you know. No. I wish I would have understood more about, what was it, Kentucky Blood? Was yeah. that the book he had That written was the previous previously? book. Or that was the book that he got famous on, his 15 minutes. Yeah. As was... she said. <laughs> I was really intrigued by, what was that about? How did he get that wrong? How did a killer go free? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe that could be an interesting movie. Yeah. 
Kentucky Blood. Kentucky Blood. Maybe it already a is. A sinister story. A sinister story. Is yeah, sinister. Um <laughs> What movie are we talking about? I totally forgot the name of the movie. I keep thinking that it's Insidious because it's another like one name. Yeah, one word, evil sounding. Horror movie. But no, it's Sinister. Sinister. (laughs) Let's take these. It is not. (laughs) Yes, it it is not part of the uh, the James Wan horror universe. No. Um, But Scott Derrickson is the director here. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. We did not. Um, and just like, what's his name, James? James Wan. James, Scott, this guy, Scott Derrickson, has also done Doctor Strange. Um, so he's gotten into some They've more sci-fi comic action. Yeah, action. comic bookie. It seems to be a new trend where people are, start off with their horror movies and then they go into their sort of sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, because uh, the guy who did Buffy also went on to do a bunch of Marvel films. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well. Okay, guys. That was our review. We, we got to get our final recap. Oh, okay. So, with all that being said, I do love this movie. I It does scare me. It does make me, you know, I don't like to watch it at night because... It, you pee the couch. I, I pee the couch. I have the same feeling as I do if I watch The Ring. Any sort of movie where it it is like, by watching something on TV, you can become haunted or infected. that's what we're doing. Like, for some reason, that's just kind of a mind fuck for me. Yeah. So it, like, I, I did get scared watching this movie, and I do recommend going to watch it. And there's another one. And if you're so inclined, there's a haunted house at Universal based upon this movie, <laughs> which is really fun to go through during Halloween. Um, so I say go see it. Yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was uh, it was moody. It wasn't complex. Like, you could get the people's motivations pretty quickly. You could understand all of the things. But I do think, like, visually it was fun. I thought the soundtrack was interesting i think it was flawed kind of in the way they used it but i didn't think it was bad music but i i liked it i liked it i think it was a a fun horror movie cool yeah great thank you guys for listening um if you want us to watch a movie and review it for you and listen to us speak incessantly about nothing about horror movies then let us know in the comments um and we'll go watch your movie and do a podcast about it thanks bye Bye.